Yeah, I don't think the wounds run that deep, quite honestly. Not a great night for the Dodgers. The series is tied up at a game apiece. I don't think anybody thought that this was going to be a sweep. This is going to be a World Series where the Dodgers have to swing the bats a little bit. The Dodgers have to hit a little bit. And really, none of those two things happened last night. The Dodgers didn't pitch well tonight. The bullpen idea is probably a flawed concept to begin with, and it really didn't work tonight. All of that being said, the panic level on this is pretty darn low, quite honestly. This does not feel like, oh my gosh, the Dodgers have a fatal flaw. This does not feel like something that is going to trickle in to Friday night when Walker Bueller goes out there to face Charlie Morton in Game 3. The Dodgers didn't play well. This is baseball. You're going to have nights where maybe you don't play well. The Rays played a little better than they did, and that's one of those things. The Dodgers are a better team. The Dodgers really didn't do a whole heck of a lot tonight, and were still a swing of the bat away a couple of different times late in the game from stealing this one. This reminded me a lot of a couple of those Atlanta games where it just wasn't their night, and that's what happened from the very beginning. Let's start with this because I know we're going to have a lot of phone calls about the pitching. I know we're going to have a lot of phone calls talking about Dave Roberts and the idea of a bullpen game. 877-710-ESPN. If you want to get in, we'll take as many calls as we can. 877-710-ESPN. You can also send me a tweet as well, at Travis Rogers. That's a good way to do it as well. Um, we can start with one right now. Cameron Leach says it was sloppy. They're playing a four-man outfield, and we can't get a nice ground ball base hit. Staring at strike three going by at the end of the game, it's insulting and embarrassing. Really, Cameron? Come on, man. <laughs> insulting and embarrassing? They lost the game by two runs. It's not like they were playing poker in the outfield and not paying attention to anybody. Sometimes guys strike out. Sometimes guys get out. I think that was the big thing tonight when you look at this with the Dodgers. They struck out way too many times. They struck out 14 times tonight. What did we talk about earlier today? Which, by the way, we'll be doing it again tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Live, local, all Dodger talk. We'll be doing that coming up uh, tomorrow morning as well. So make sure you're there for that. But what did we talk about all this morning? We talked about the fact that the Dodgers ground up at bats, right? They see a ton of pitches. They drew a lot of walks. They didn't do that tonight. The Dodgers really did not put that pressure on them the way that we've seen it in other places. The Dodgers struck out 15 times tonight. That's way too many. Way too many. They only draw four walks. They only have five hits. So on a night where they really don't put the ball in play very often, on a night where they don't get a lot of base hits, They were still right in the game a lot of places. And I'm not just trying to look at this thing through rose-colored glasses. This did not feel to me like a catastrophic turn of events. Think about what happened. Blake Snell is probably the Rays' best pitcher, right? Blake Snell is a high-level front-line guy, and they ran him out there tonight. The Dodgers did that thing where he's just saying, we're just going to kind of go guy to guy, and hopefully we can kind of piece it together, a little patchwork lineup. Hopefully it's good enough, and we'll see what happens from there. I mean, that's a totally different approach. So, of course, Tampa is going to have an advantage going in to tonight's game from a pitching aspect. And they still barely escaped with the win. So I, I am just not all that worried about it. Tampa had to win tonight for them to even feel like they were in the series. And they probably do. They're probably telling themselves, hey, we got Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton locked up the Dodgers a few years ago in a World Series game. He can do it again. We can take a 2-1 to lead. Ma, 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 ma. Yeah, all right, fine. We'll see. May- maybe. Maybe. I'm just not feeling it at all. You know what this reminds me a lot of? What it reminds me a lot of is when the Lakers lost a game to the Heat. The Heat have a couple of good players. The Heat had a night where Duncan Robinson knocked down a bunch of three-point shots, and they won a game. Jimmy Butler's a good player. They won a game. Tonight, Brandon Lowe was Duncan Robinson. He hit a couple of home runs. 
Meadows and 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 Lau, I should say, not Low. Lau, they they had a good night. Both of these guys were batting a hundred coming into this game. It doesn't go like that. All right, it, it, it's going to be fine. And I know everybody wants to panic. I know everybody wants to jump up and down and say, "What is Dave Roberts doing with his pitching?" Look, I've been critical of Dave Roberts for a lot of different reasons, but tonight really doesn't feel like one of them. They're they're a starting pitcher short. They only have really three guys instead of four guys. You've got Bueller. You've got Kershaw. And you've got Urias. You know, you got to have somebody pitch that fourth game. And tonight they started with Gonsolin, and he was, if we're being charitable, okay, right? He lasted an inning and change, an inning and a third, gave up one run, gave up the home run, struck out a guy, walked a guy, wasn't particularly sharp. Dylan Floro, I thought, come in and did a really good job. I thought that he was pretty effective, all things being equal. I was, I'll be honest, I was surprised to see him be the first guy out of the bullpen, especially that early in the game. But he did. He was fine. He came in there, didn't give up any runs, didn't give up any hits, lasted an inning and a third. He was fine. Victor Gonzalez, also fine. You know, I mean, not great, but good enough. He pitched an inning and gave up one run. Where it got, where it got tricky, and I think that this is one of the things that maybe you keep your eye on moving forward. You know, after last night's game, it felt like the Dodgers really did not have a whole lot of things that they needed to worry about. The hey, Keep your eye on this. Well, I think the keep your eye on this factor for tonight is Dustin May. I am a huge Dustin May fan. If you've listened to me in the morning, if you've listened to me from 9 to 11 after these games, you know that I think that that guy is a special guy, that he's going to win a bunch of games, that I'm absolutely mesmerized by the stuff. I would love to see him pitch more and more and more because I think the longer he goes, the better that stuff gets, the more command he gets, the more effective he gets. He's not pitching well. He is getting hit hard. And I can't even tell you why exactly, because the velocity is there, the movement is there. I don't know if that breaking pitch he's finishing it off is probably as well as he should, but he's getting hit hard. I, I don't. I, I think you're very close to that point where you have to be very careful about allowing him to come in a game. I did not think that I would be saying that in this World Series. That being said, he was a little bit unlucky along the way as well. Think about before he even came to the game. There was an opportunity for Kike Hernandez to turn a double play that didn't get turned. Kike Hernandez is a really good defensive player. Made an error. It happens. And not an error technically because of the double play thing. They still collected an out. They got the lead runner. But instead of the inning being over and everybody going back into the dugout, they go to the bullpen, May comes in, and we know what happened from there. A really tough night for him. An inning and a third, four hits, three runs, all of them earned, only one strikeout and gave up that home run to Lau. That's the question I have because, look, the Dodgers are probably going to have to do this again, right? The announcement for tomorrow, or I should say Friday, Walker Bueller is going to pitch Friday. Julio Urias is going to pitch in game four. Then you're back to Clayton Kershaw in game five, which means in game six, you're going to have a similar situation. So maybe you go with Gonsolin again. Is it Alex Wood? Do you try him again? Is that the direction that you go? He pitched pretty well tonight. I think that's maybe a possibility. He's a guy that maybe can give you some outs, give you some length out of that bullpen because I don't know if Dustin May is that guy right now. 877-710-ESPN. That's the phone number. Let's start with our first call of the night in Laguna Beach with Ryan. Ryan, you're on. What's going on tonight? Hey, Travis. Uh, Before I get to my comment and my question, you were awesome on Trap Draw. I just wanted to share that with you. Oh, I appreciate Uh, that, man. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Uh, I, I know Roberts is probably going to get a lot of the blame, but I got to wonder how much uh, Friedman has a hand in this pitcher thing. I mean, it, it's it's got to be sabermetrics or whatever they're doing with that strategy. Roberts is just doing what he can with what he's been dealt. 
I do have to wonder what David Price is thinking in all this while he's watching, assuming he is watching. I certainly respect his decision to bow out, but if he were there, I think we'd be having a whole different conversation. Uh, and then I'm a huge Corey Seager fan. This is my question. I, I don't know that I can face the possibility of another Mike Piazza heartbreak. Uh, and I know he's a Boris guy, but is there any chance that Seager gets extended this off season? I, uh, I have an appetite for his, uh, playing abilities i'd like to keep that going man i'll take your answer off the air thanks travis yeah thanks ryan um i the the idea of how they run their pitching staff i the david price point is a good one you know like you said i i certainly understand and respect the decision to to not play if that's what he felt most comfortable doing good for him i get it um they could use him for sure they could have used a, a guy like Ross Stripling to go out there and just you know get a few outs. You're not talking about a guy that's going to go pitch seven, eight innings. You just need some guys that are giving you length because tonight just felt like, all right, let's start this, see how long it goes. If that doesn't work, we'll go here. Dodgers used seven pitchers tonight. That's just really not going to work all that often. And it's just something that is just traditionally not viable. There's a reason you have starting pitchers. I understand that baseball is changing a lot, that you have openers and all of these things. But if you're going to do it, why don't you deploy some of your better guys? I mean, the guys that we saw pitch tonight are not the guys that you would expect to see in a tight game. No Gratterall, no Trinan, no no Urias. I mean, these are the guys that we've seen in tight games. And I know that Julio's a little bit different because you're saving him for game four, but kind of interesting that they decided to do that and yet really didn't deploy some of their big guns out of the bullpen. All right, more of your phone calls coming up in a little bit. 877-710-ESPN. Mace is going to join us coming up before too long. He is actually in Arlington. He's in the ballpark uh, watching these games. So we'll get his thoughts on what it's like in there in such an empty place, whether the Dodger fans are representative. We will get to all of that. In fact, we'll talk to Mace. That is coming up next on 710 ESPN. Well, you're not going to get the sweep. That is not going to happen. The Dodgers are going to have to play at least five. I think it probably even goes a little bit beyond that, considering that there is potentially another bullpen game in the Dodgers' future. Uh, Steve Mason, of course, is in Arlington watching these games in person. Mace, how is it in Dallas? How is it in that ballpark? Take me through the whole process. Uh, well, it's I mean, it's weird. It's weird to be in that ballpark because there are really only, what is it, 16,000 or 18,000 fans, whatever that number happens to be. Mm -hmm. uh, last night, I thought they're all Dodger fans. Tonight, I, I spotted a, a Rays fan. Uh, very rare, but I spotted a Rays <laughs> fan at the game tonight. Um, it's, uh, it's weird. I mean, like everything else this year, it's weird. Um, you know, the media, there's less media. Uh, there are things like, and I'm, I'm not complaining here cause I don't necessarily eat press box food, but the, mm -hmm. the, uh, writers are grumpy because there's not press box food. Uh, there's just candy and bags of chips and, uh, <laughs> right. and sodas. Uh, so they're very upset cause they're used to doing well, some heavy duty writer food 101 and chips and soda. What else do they want? <laughs> yeah, you're right. And candy. <laughs> Hey, they're exactly. all set. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it was uh, it. It's been a, an experience. I mean, I am I'm one who's been very cautious about uh, COVID, and I haven't gone a lot of places. I think uh, I said all along to Ireland that if the leverage, if it was a high leverage moment, we're talking baseball. So if it's a high <laughs> leverage moment, and I've got a chance to see something really, really cool, yeah. I'm willing to take some calculated risks, and that's what I'm doing here. But uh, I mean, it's. It's unbelievable always to be at the World Series. Yeah, there, there's just something about it. I know you're a baseball guy like, like I am as well. And while the NBA Finals are a ton of fun, the Super Bowl is a ton of fun, there is something really extraordinary about the World Series. And, and even, like you said, even in this situation in 2020 with limited fans, there there's still some just some buzz surrounding all this stuff. Let's talk 
about the game. Your level of concern after losing tonight's game is what? Because I I kind of opened the show by saying, look, this they weren't going to sweep these guys. They had their best pitcher. The Dodgers threw kind of a potpourri of pitchers at these guys. If Tampa was going to win a game or two, it was going to be under these circumstances. I'm not all that worried, to be quite honest. What about you? I am not all that worried. I thought at the beginning it would be Dodgers and seven. I think it's going to be at least a six-game series. Mm-hmm. Um, not surprised at all that behind Blake Snell, a former Cy Young Award winner, uh, they were able to win this game. Uh, he, by the way, didn't even get the win. Left no, he didn't the go five innings. innings. Didn't get the win. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just uh, but it's he so was... weird that ba- baseball is the... A good start now is, hey, he did get to five innings. I mean, if you get into that fifth inning, you're like Don Drysdale now. Right. And on the other side of the coin, we went through what? One, three, seven seven pitchers. Yeah. Seven pitchers. And here's the thing. You hear bullpen game, and it sounds great when somebody else is doing it. Like, isn't that cute? They had an opener, and they're going to have a bullpen (laughs) game. And isn't that great? Like when Tampa does it. Like, it's an adorable little thing they do. When we do it, um, it's no fun. It's no fun at all. And you, I heard you talking about Dustin May. He's had three straight really bad performances. And tonight, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but they didn't just hit the ball. They, they hit the him. ball really hard. Yeah. Um, and that tells me that Dustin May, except for limited circumstance, we may have seen the, as much Dustin May as we're going to get if this is a really close series. Um, yeah. I think he's kind of washed for the series. Tony Gonsolin, not good at all. I mean, we were expecting these guys uh, to fill those spots of guys like Hunjin Ryu and and Kenta Maeda and Rich Hill. We've been counting on Gonsolin and May um, and obviously Bueller to do that. Bueller's been great, but May and Gonsolin have both been questionable. Uh, and by the way, I also have to question Tony Gonsolin, a cat guy, which I, I don't understand that either. <laughs> Yo, that's a bad deal. I, I I'll tell I'll be honest with you. I've just pretended that I don't even know that. I know that not he calls only himself he, Catman. I know he does. He's got the T-shirts and he's got the whole thing. I I try <laughs> desperately to ignore it as best as I can because I like Tony Gonsolin. I like his stuff and I want him to do well. But I'm with you. That that's kind of a deal breaker on most uh, circumstances. Let's go back to May for a second. It, as you watch him, I mean, watching him on TV, and and I, I have been in the bag for Dustin May from the second I saw him. He's great. He's the, great. The way that the ball comes out of his hand is different, even by Major League Baseball standards. You watch Walker Bueller, and he's obviously going to be a number one guy in this league for a long time. And then you watch Dustin May. Dustin May's stuff is even different than Walker Bueller's. I mean, the way that the ball moves and sinks and dips. And as he was pitching during the regular season, I was just absolutely amazed at how little good contact was made at him. And then all of a sudden in the postseason, they're barreling him up over and over and over again. I don't know why. Do you have any good guesses as to what's going on? Because I agree with you. I think we've probably seen the last of him in a tight situation. Uh, you know, I I wish I could tell you that I, I know exactly why he's getting lit up right now, but he is getting lit up. And, um, you know, it may be that... Uh, the Rays did some really good advanced scouting. I'm sure they've had scouts uh, knowing them, scouts that have been following the Dodgers uh, all the way back from the beginning of the playoffs. Maybe they figured something out on Dustin May. But, I mean, when I see the ball hit hard, that's when I know a guy's not effective. If mm-hmm. I see bloop, bloop doubles or bloop singles or, you know, it, it, ball's not hit hard, that's just a luck factor. If you hit the ball hard, at even if it's at somebody you're hitting the ball hard like will smith just absolutely that that was in the eighth inning that ball at third base was i mean that's a double nine out of ten times you just hit it right at the guy and and at that point you're down a run 
because you've yep. got uh, you got a runner at, at second base. So, you know, it's very, very close. But if you're hitting the ball hard as a hitter or if you're getting hit hard as a pitcher, uh, those are those are the caution signs. One, that either you're getting really hot or two, that you're getting really cold. And Dustin May is on the cold side of things right now. We surprised not to see the guys, uh, the the high leverage guys, to use the baseball terminology that we've seen in the postseason. We did not see Gratterall. We did not see Trinan. We did not see those sorts of guys come out of the pen tonight. It was usually guys that you see in less sticky sticky situations. Why don't you think we saw those guys tonight? That's a very good question. Uh, you know, they were down 5-1 at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at that point, maybe Dave Roberts is thinking, I don't want to burn my A guys tonight. Even with a day off tomorrow? But with the day off tomorrow, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I think he wanted length out of Dustin May, um, and obviously he didn't get length out of him. Uh, Victor Gonzalez was a situational lefty who hung on and actually gave up a run, but was in there because of matchups. Uh, Joe Kelly uh, gave up that run. Alex Wood was the most effective pitcher of the night. Jake McGee was very good. Alex Wood was the uh, the most effective pitcher of the night. And I want to make a suggestion. Yeah. So – we know the way this rotation is going to stack up for the most point, uh, for the most part. We know it's going to be Bueller in Game Three. Uh, Dave Roberts confirmed after the game. I just heard on MLB Network that uh, Julio Arias is going to be the starter in Game Number Four. Mm-hmm. Game Number Five is Kershaw. Game Number Six right now is a bullpen game. Yep. There is no Game Six starter. Why don't we go? To Alex Wood. I know those words sound scary. Why don't we go to Alex Wood? But he is a guy that can give you some length. He was effective tonight. Maybe there's a boost of confidence there. I say throw Alex Wood in game six. I, I don't I don't I don't dislike that at all because I mean you say like Alex Wood is scary. Okay, but is he any scarier than Tony Gonsolin at this point? Is he any scarier <laughs> yeah. than Dustin May? No, not really. I mean, I don't expect him to go out there and pitch seven innings and, and tip his cap and walk off the field to a standing ovation, but I, I'm not any more worried about him than I am those other guys. No, you know, it's weird. I think almost the Dodgers have overplayed their hand when it comes to starting pitching. Um, you know, they let Ryu walk away. They they let uh, Hill go. They let Maeda go in traded the trade. In the middle of the they, year. they traded Stripling. How useful would he be right now? But they mm-hmm. traded him because we've got so much depth. There's just no room for Ross. Um, you know what? All that depth, all those young arms, uh, at least Donsolin and May, are flaming out at this time of year. They could really use another reliable middle-of-the-rotation guys right now. Let me hit you with one more, uh, Mace, because I think that for, for me, go, and this is not just World Series exclusive. I was com- I was confused by this in the NLCS. I was confused by this a little bit in the Padre Series as well in the divisional round. Dustin May was a starting pitcher for almost the entire regular season. And I understand it was a weird one, and nobody really got stretched out to where they're going six, seven innings on a regular basis. But towards the end of the regular season and then all through the the, the postseason, May has been kind of in neither role. They've used him as a long guy, but not really because he'll only pitch an inning and maybe a little bit more. And even when he starts, he'll only go an inning or maybe a little bit more. It feels like they kind of put him in no man's land. And for a young guy, I mean, I looked it up the other day. He hasn't pitched 100 innings in the big leagues. He is he is as wow. green as they get. And all yeah. of a sudden, you start yanking him in and out of different roles. That's asking a lot for a guy that doesn't have a ton of experience. I think they've put him in a really tricky spot. 
Uh, they did put him in tricky spot. That's a really good point. They use him as an opener. They used him as a starter during the regular season. Now they go to him in a, in the middle of a game. Um, he is being used in a lot of different roles for a really young guy who, as you say, has less than a hundred innings of big league experience. Yeah, they're putting him in a they're putting him in a tough spot. They put him in a tough spot. I think Gonsolin was in a tough spot tonight, coming out against a team yeah. that absolutely must win. And by the way, Brandon Lau. I mean, two home runs tonight. Stop. He was batting 170 in the <laughs> yeah. playoffs and hit yeah, he two was, home he was, runs tonight. I, I don't know if you heard it. He's Duncan Robinson. He had a night. You know what I mean? It's this is this is the Miami Heat equivalent of this is baseball's Duncan Robinson. He had he's a nice good nice player, good player. He had a night that he's never going to have again. I'm not worried about Brandon Lau being the difference in this series. You know, the one thing I'll say is the Dodgers are because I, I felt they climbed right back into that game. I mean, yep. they had the tying run at the plate in the eighth inning uh, and had a real chance. They are never out of a game. They are never out of a game, and they will never, never stop. Um, if you look at what they were able to do um, against that bullpen, that very, very good Tampa bullpen, they were able to rally a little bit. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, you talk about Nick Anderson, you talk about uh, Fairbanks, you talk about Diego Castilla, you talk about Aaron Loop. I mean, they've got a really, really solid bullpen, and they were able to nick it up a little bit. Um, and what they were really able to do is to gather some intel, to add to their databases, so that when they see those guys, because they haven't seen those guys. I mean, they nope. play in a different league, the other side of the country, but to build up some databases to be able to approach those guys when we get to the later innings in big games still to come. So I think there was something good that came from tonight. All right, Mace, how about it? You are going to be there through the end of the World Series. If you've got it in you again, we're doing this after every single game. So you have an open invitation. Come in as often and as frequently as you'd like. We'd love to do it. I will absolutely be back Friday night. You got it, Mace. We'll talk to you then. Thanks. Casey. All right, I think he brought up a fantastic point about that bullpen, a fantastic point about the bullpen moving forward. We will start with that next. It is a World Series postgame show on 710 ESPN. 6-4 to four is the final from Arlington, Texas. Here's a random stat for you from Arlington, Texas. Do you know who has hit more home runs in that ballpark than anyone in the history of Globe Life Field? Corey Seager. Corey Seager is the all-time home run leader in a ballpark that he's played in only a, a couple of handfuls of time. That's how hot he's been since the Dodgers have been uh, in the Rangers' home ballpark. Of course, the Rangers had a terrible team this year, so nobody has hit more than seven home runs there as a member of the Rangers. So as we sit here right now, uh, Corey Seager is the all-time home run leader at Globe Life Field. Uh, let's start with a tweet here. Uh, this one is for you, Laura. It says, Trav, please have Laura report on what she had to eat. I need to know if she had a salad again. She seems very nice. So, Laura, what did you have to eat tonight? Did you change it up, and is that why the Dodgers lost? What? Um, I had a salad for lunch, but okay. for dinner, I actually got uh, pepino con chile. So all my Ooh. Latinos, we know what that is, right? Sure. And uh, it was delicious. I couldn't finish it, but... I was kind enough to share a picture with you, Travis. You you did, and I hope that when you say you didn't finish it, that you didn't throw it away because there is a refrigerator down the hall that you could leave those in there for me tomorrow, and we can uh, we can figure something out. But that is good to know. Um, look, there, there's a whole bunch of things going on here. Give me your call, 877-710-ESPN. Tell me what you were most concerned about tonight in the Dodgers' loss. It is a 1-1 series. I really don't have too many things that are going to keep me up tonight about this series. I just really don't. This is from Devin. Devin says, I absolutely hate bullpen games. In a seven-game series, I feel you're wasting arms. Are you a fan of them? No. I, I mean, look, 
I don't think anybody's a fan of this. If your option is what we saw last night, your starting pitcher going six innings, dominating the opposition, handing it off to the best arms in your bullpen, yeah, that's a better way to do it, right? That makes the most sense. That leaves your bullpen maximum amount of flexibility where you're able to go into the late innings and use your best guys. And in the event that one of your best guys doesn't have it, you can very quickly go to one of your other best guys and hope that he does. Now, you can't quite match up like you used to because they changed the rule, right? you got to face three guys or finish the inning. So it's not quite match up batter to batter the way that it is. But the bullpen game is weird because, look, the Dodgers pitched seven guys tonight, and, and only about half of them were effective. So all of a sudden, you're constantly chasing. And I think that's the biggest detriment to a bullpen game. I understand that they're a little bit more effective when you can play like this because – you have a, a designated hitter, so you're not having to constantly move pitchers in and out the way that you might otherwise. But the fact of the matter is, they were chasing from the opening inning. Lau hits that home run, and now all of a sudden the Dodgers have to make decisions based on being behind. And Gonsolin gives up the home run. He goes out there in the second inning. A couple of guys get on base. I thought that Dave made the right move there. I was sitting on my couch. I wrote down the notes. I said, you need to go get him right now. And he did. And they got out of there. They held it where it was, at least at that point. And then they went to the next guy. And that was fine, too. Floro hands it off to Gonzalez, and everything is working out okay. But eventually, you're going to run into a guy who just doesn't have it. And tonight, that guy was Dustin May. And tonight, that guy was Joe Kelly. And there's just a couple of guys that kind of let the game get a little big on them, and the Dodgers weren't able to close the gap. They kept fighting. I think that's an incredibly important part of this as well. The Dodgers kept fighting. The Dodgers kept pushing in these situations. The Dodgers kept getting involved in these innings late in the game despite being behind. They were a swing away. When Corey Seager hit that home run, then Justin Turner's on second base with nobody out. You had the tying run come up to bat with nobody out in the eighth inning in a game where they didn't play very well. That's valuable. The Dodgers are not sitting in their clubhouse right now or back in their hotel or wherever they are thinking, oh, man, what they're thinking is, eh, you know, we didn't play well. We still had a shot to win that. They fought really hard. I think they're in very, very good shape. Like Mace mentioned a minute ago, I think it's a very good scene. They got to see those guys in the bullpen. The best part of this Rays team is their bullpen, right? They have a very, very effective bullpen. They use a bunch of different guys. Fairbanks is good. Diego Castillo is good. Anderson is good. The Dodgers got to see them tonight. The Dodgers means that they're going to get to see them again later in the series. The more you get to see somebody, the more chances you have. You know, Fairbanks is a tough, tough relief pitcher. Dodgers got to him a little bit. They got two hits in an inning and two-thirds. They pushed a run across. They hit a home run. They had him on the ropes at that point in the eighth inning. They made the change. They went to loop. That's fine. That's fine. The next time they get him, they might get to do it again. Let's try Jesus all the way in San Antonio. Jesus, you are on a World Series postgame show. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I just want to go to put in, um, you know, I think Roberts went in with a great plan. Uh, Gosselin starting off, just he didn't come through. Same thing with May. It was going to be a bullpen game. Uh, just didn't come through. Breaking ball wasn't breaking. Uh, so, you know, they did what they did. They scored runs. But like you said, we're going to be in a good position. Graterol, Urias, they're still sitting in the bullpen. We got a day off. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not line. worried about them not being fine. I, I think it's fine. I don't know if it was a great plan. I, I might take issue with that. 
Don't forget this show is brought to you by Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment, keeping California chill. Um, it was a necessary plan. I think there's a difference between a great plan and a, ne- a, a great plan is, you know, I'm going to run out my my best guy, Walker Bueller, and hope the best thing happens. That's a great plan, right? That If he pitches well, you win. If he doesn't, it's like, well, it's a good plan. Having a, a plan where your starting pitcher is going to pitch God knows how long is a necessary plan. And I think that's where they kind of ran into it tonight. They just they just did not have their best stuff. They just didn't have it. Alex Wood in Game 6, assuming the series gets there, would at least mess with the left-handed race hitters better than Gonsolin or May, just hanging pitches down the middle. Sorry for the actual hot sports take. That's from Francis and Glendale. Um, look, Alex Wood hasn't pitched much this season for a reason. Al- Alex Wood is buried in the bullpen for a reason. Tony Gonsolin's stuff is better than Alex Woods. Dustin May's stuff is better than Alex Woods. That being said, I don't think putting Alex Wood out there is a bad idea at all. I, I think that that may be a, a decent way to go because what it does do, to, to TFP's point, is it does give you a little bit of a left-right balance, right? Because he's a left-hander, now if you're going to go to, it probably wouldn't be May, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Gonsolin again. If you go to one of those guys, you have an opportunity to really push it. You really have an opportunity to extend him a little bit because now Alex Wood has given you an inning or two or three, and now you make that game a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter. May's issues are location. He left it over the plate. Yeah, but okay, look. If you watch Dustin May pitch this season, that that, that tweet right there is from Alex. If you watch him pitch, the guy, the action on his pitches, even if the ball is starting middle, it was never finishing middle. Maybe that's the issue, that the ball is not really moving the way that it was before. It's not eating guys alive the way that it did with Manny Machado. I mean, I've watched that pitch on YouTube or, or Twitter or whatever it is 10,000 times. It's a, it's It tied up one of the best hitters in baseball like he never swung a bat before. And I'm thinking, okay, this guy right here, you can't hit this guy. And really, if we're being honest, nobody really hit that guy all season long. Nobody really barreled him up. Nobody was able to be able to do that. No one was able to get good swings against him over and over and over again until the postseason. And I think there's a couple of different things going on. Number one, I think he's tight. I think that this moment is big for him. Like I mentioned to Mace, I mentioned it uh, the other morning. Both May and Gonsolin have less than 100 innings of Major League Baseball experience during the regular season. That's, That's nothing. Okay, That's half of a season, potentially. So these guys really do not have that experience to draw on in those moments to understand how to deal with your adrenaline. Say what you want about Clayton Kershaw and his struggles in the postseason you know, prior to last night. But Clayton Kershaw knows what it feels like to go out there in a World Series game and have to go out there and deal with the adrenaline, deal with uh, the umpires, deal with the, the, the opposing batters, and kind of work your way through that until that kind of stuff bleeds off throughout the game. You could tell. You could tell that he did not have that. You could tell that he was amped, that the ball was flattening out, that he was trying to do too much. It's just an experience. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Now, I I do agree that I don't think you can send him out there too many more times in high leverage situations. I think you're going to see the starting pitchers. I think you'll see Gratterall. I think you'll see Trinan. I think you'll see Jansen. And I think as we get deeper into the series, you're going to see the other starting pitchers be available in relief roles. You know, Bueller's going to pitch game three against Charlie Morton. And if Blake Snell's not their best pitcher, Charlie Morton is. Charlie Morton's a good major league pitcher. He pitched game seven against the Astros in the ALCS and tied them up. 
So keep in mind, the Dodgers are going to have to deal with this guy again. But the Dodgers got to that bullpen. I think they'll get to it again. You got Bueller going, so you're going to see Bueller. What, what, what's the worst case scenario for Walker Bueller? And now I'm not talking catastrophic where he gets bombed out in the first or second inning or the blister flares up on him. I'm saying that guy's going to give you at least five innings of quality baseball. He has been their most consistent big game pitcher for the last couple of seasons. And I don't think that that's going to change by Friday night. So if he gives you five, six, maybe even a little bit more than that, you go Gratterall, you go Trinan, you go Jansen, see you later, game over, hand it off to Julio Urias for game four, and we're off and running all over again. It sucks to lose. It's always a little nerve-wracking when you think you're going to go out there and get a game and you don't get it, but the Dodgers are in really good shape. I, I really, truly believe that. Sad to say, as a fan, I'm not surprised or disappointed the team lost today. I've been bitten so many times, I expect the team to choke. From a guy called City of Champions, you expect the team to choke. They're better. Okay, You need to keep telling yourself this. They are the better team. They did not play well tonight, but they are the better team. They're gonna, The better team is going to win more often than not. They've got their best pitcher going in Game 3. Put your head on the pillow tonight, knowing that Walker Bueller is going, and we'll be good. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. We'll do it all again at 9. We'll take all your calls then, too. We'll see you.